Sneaker Love, a podcast paying tribute to our mutual love of sneakers. The game may be flawed, but the love and culture will always be pure. And now, your host with Sneaker Love, Matty Ice. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Sneaker Love with Matty Ice. As always, I am your host, Matty Ice, and this is a Matty Ice Media Network production. You might be noticing a difference in the quality of my voice. I recently put some money into making the shows on the Matty Ice Media Network that much better sounding because to me, I think my love of the game of podcasting, obviously my love of sneakers translates through, but I wanted to also sound professional because I want to reward you, the listener, with that quality listening experience that you can't get at a lot of other places. There are a lot of amateur podcasters out there that are all doing great, great work. But honestly, I think it's important that this network sound the most professional because if you're going to dedicate your time to our to our podcast, to our network, I want it to be a rewarding experience and not an amateur sounding experience. So a little bit of business. Uh, first, Instagram, Maddie I Sneakers is the handle. That's where you can find all of my sneaker content. Like I said, I like to post pictures. I like to post, you know, just about sneakers in general. And that's generally the place where I talk the most sneakers because it's where I really connect with other members of the sneaker community, whether that's rep or retail lovers. On Twitter, it's at Matty Ice Media. That's where I generally tend to do most of the promoting of all the other shows on the network. So you'll see a lot of different types of content there, but that's definitely a great way to find me. And of course, if you're looking for any of the Matty Ice Media Network podcasts, you can go to any of your podcast platforms. They're all available there. But of course, to find them all, you can find them on MattyIceMedia.com, which is the website for our network here. So what have we been doing to start this particular show? And I mean, show is in the entirety of this show. When Sneaker Love started, which is now seven episodes ago uh the 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 goal was really to share in the love but as we have progressed through this i have been feeling that it's very very important to basically kind of lay out how we have gotten here to highlight some of the different people that have had an influence and a touch on today's current sneaker market because in my mind before we can truly talk about what is going on in today's sneaker world it's imperative that you understand how we kind of got here because I think there are many, many people who engage in sneakers today because it's cool and because so many people do it. I mean, I have to admit that sometimes I feel as if it's perhaps a little passe, if you will. Like, I almost feel as if I'm getting caught up in the hype of liking sneakers, even though I genuinely like them because I see so many people and so many celebrities, to be honest with you, wearing them that it almost feels like it takes the special nature of it away. But I'm not going to let that get me down. But I do think that it is really, really important for everybody who who takes part in sneaker culture, no matter what your favorite silhouette is, to truly understand how we got here. So what have we done up until this point? Well, obviously, we've talked about some of the more recent people who have had a true influence and a true um, stamp, I guess, on the sneaker community. And obviously, that's Travis Scott, who we talked about really having a lot to do with today's hype uh, machine. And I first want to say, too, on this episode, condolences to all the people that were injured and who passed away uh, during the World concert. It's really unfortunate because we have spent so much time during this pandemic trying to get back to what we feel is a life of normalcy and to have something that tragic happen. And, and I've been there before. I mean, I've been to so many huge concerts in my life. I don't go to them so much so now because I'm, I'm almost 40. I'm a parent. But back in my younger days when I used to go, I have been in situations where I knew I needed to get out because the crowd was getting a little bit too restless and a little bit too aggressive. And so to go to one of these shows, which I'm sure was a dream come true for these participants uh, and to not make it out of there, it is crushing for their family, it's crushing for their friends, and it should be crushing for the Travis Scott community and the people that are around him, Live Nation. And let's hope that they do the right thing and, you know, making sure that it never happens again. And of course, you know, making sure that those families are taken care of. So Travis Scott has a lot of great sneaker collaborations, but I really can't speak to him as a human being and I won't do so on this show. 
Another person who I think has had a more recent, uh, you know, fingerprint, I guess, on on the sneaker community is, of course, Virgil Abloh with all the off-white Nike collaborations. Obviously, he's big into high fashion with the off-white brand and so forth. But there are so many collaborations that have come out as part of the off-white partnership with Nike, and so I think that it does add credence to the hype machine, but it also gives artistic value to these shoes, and I think that also highlights all the different silhouettes that he has touched. Most recently with the Jordan Two, which is one of the most panned of the early Jordan models, and now you'll see it getting a lot of love. Between Virgil and some other collaborations that are going to be coming out in 2022 and late 2021. And then, of course, there's Kanye. Now, Kanye kind of fits more into the picture of what we're talking about today, but obviously Kanye with his uh, his journey of starting with Nike, coming out with the Air Yeezys, especially the Air Yeezy 2, which really changed a lot of what athletic footwear and high fashion footwear melded together kind of looked like that were more accessible, I guess, to the more quote unquote common man and woman. But he has obviously moved on to Adidas, and that's what we're going to talk about today because there really are two companies in my mind that share a vast majority of the sneaker marketplace today. And we have done more focusing on Nike because I think in today's space, Nike and Jordan brand have really taken over a lot of what I consider the big spotlight, mainly because there are so many silhouettes that are out there that people gravitate toward. Nike is known for so many uh, casual pieces of footwear, also athletic footwear, but over the years, they have really, in my mind, dominated the space as it relates to today's sneaker culture, where most people are buying sneakers, not for athletic endeavors, uh, but they're buying them for their own fashion and own you know, stylizing. Now, because Nike dominates the, the, the space today, I think Adidas is one of the brands that kind of gets lost a little bit, but it doesn't necessarily get lost in terms of relevancy to today's product. I think when the Yeezy brand took over, I think most people, you know, see Yeezy as synonymous with Adidas as almost as if they're the same brand. I think that kind of happens with Jordan brand sometimes because I think the releases that come out as part of Adidas's line maybe get a little bit overshadowed because there are so many Yeezys that come out and there are also so many people that want Yeezys to the point that any of those other silhouettes kind of get lost in the shuffle. I mean, the same thing kind of happens happens with Nike a little bit. For example, if you look at all the Jordan releases that have come out, all of them sell out, all the Dunk releases sell out. We talked about that last episode. But if you look at some of the other ones like the Air Maxes, and I take the Air Max 90 Bacon, which when the time that it came out was one of the most popular Air Maxes to ever come out. And it was really a unicorn for a lot of people over the years. And the re-release, while it sold out, obviously the QC issues had something to do with it, but for some reason it just never gravitated toward that hype. And if you go and look at the replica market, you'll see that Air Maxes really don't get any love unless, of course, they're off-white Air Maxes. But uh, so I think that some of those other silhouettes do get lost in the shuffle unless that they are coupled with something that really ups the ante a little bit or ups the hype for them. But Adidas's history is interesting because it is long before Nike ever came about. And I think when you look at Adidas as to how they built themselves in the marketplace, it's interesting because they were at the forefront of athletic competition. And that's something that Nike started out in with Phil Knight's vision, obviously, but so much longer after Adidas started. I mean, Adidas started in 1924 and it was founded by Adi Dossler and his brother Rudolph. But I mean, Adi Dossler, right? It's funny because my my wife had a grandmother who's now passed away. Uh, she is British or she was British and she used to say Adidas instead of Adidas. And it used to kind of make uh, us chuckle a little bit. But when you look at the history and you look at the name of the man who founded Adidas, that's actually how you would have said his name. So it's interesting. But 1924, so that's a very, very long time ago. I mean, we're coming up on almost 100 years of history for Adidas and nowhere close to that for Nike, despite the fact that Nike and Jordan brand seem as if they have been around for a very, very long time. 
But in the 1928 Olympics, which took place in Amsterdam, uh, Adi, Adi Dossler's shoes won a gold medal on Lena Radke, which was uh, you know, kind of the place at which a lot of this started. I mean, he didn't have a huge brand back then. He didn't have a huge line of shoes the way that Adidas does now. But that one shoe captured the, the world at that point, especially in Germany, because it won a gold medal. And that, that was big back then. I mean, think about how large the Olympics are now. They were vastly smaller back then, and the athletes weren't nearly in the kind of shape that they are today. So shoes had a lot to do with it because, quite frankly, shoes weren't nearly what they are today. Like the technology was just not existent. And a lot of athletes succeeded despite not having the same kind of heightened technology that we do today. But Adidas's history arc is very, very similar to the Nike Dunk in that it took a long time for it to be officially recognized on a large level. So with those gold medal wins in 1928, it took until 1949 before Adidas really was seen as a top tier brand. And in that time period, Adidasler had amassed 47 employees and they registered the first shoe, which had the three stripes in 1949 and it wasn't again until 1954 where they really started to up their game in terms of expanding to more than just just track athlete it was in 1954 that the german national football team or soccer team was wearing the adidas cleats and they defeated what was then an insurmountable hungarian team and obviously that really took adidas to the heights and it expanded them to a global game to the point that for many many decades adidas was very synonymous with soccer and i know from a personal note growing up in bristol rhode island there was a huge portuguese uh, population, especially in the southern New England area. A lot of people migrated from Portugal to the United States, and you had a very, very large net. And obviously, you know, soccer is huge in Portugal, and so it was huge in Bristol as well. And I used to know so many friends who will wear the Adidas Samba, which was an indoor soccer shoe at the time, and obviously Adidas cleats, Adidas everything. And in high school, it really was about the Adidas, uh, that like sandal, which we know today as slides, that had those little rubber things on it that was supposed to be like a performance massager, you know, after a game, a recovery sandal. And obviously you see a lot of those today. So obviously this soccer connection has really grown since then. But in 1967, uh, the the first tracksuit that they came out with um, really, again, expanded them into the apparel role. And I think we all know those Adidas tracksuits. I mean, again, from a personal connection in the late 1990s, early 2000s, those what we called swishy pants, right? The Adidas tracksuit pants, very, very popular, especially among young people. So in, not just in the soccer community, but I think just in general, they were very, very popular. So you're looking at expanding into this market. And of course, in 1967, that first tracksuit was named after a former prime minister, Franz Beckenbauer. So it obviously lends itself to being more popular when you name it after a prime minister. It gives it that credence. It's kind of just like a Michael Jordan shoe today, like being a Jordan brand shoe, even if it's not one of the most popular brands or part of the original lineage, it obviously gives it a lot more credence because people say, oh, it's a Jordan. So of course I'm going to buy it. Um, one of the things that Adi Dossler did that I think really set him apart at the time was and in and, and this today you can translate to today's model when you look at today's let's let's take take basketball for instance uh the the pe you know stuff right we obviously have a ton of basketball players who have their own player edition shoe and there's so much technology that goes into it now and they're mostly at least personally consulted before these are you know released and before as they're designing them and that's something that Adi Dossler did back then, talking with famous athletes to kind of find out what they wanted in a shoe and what was missing in the current, you know, the current athletic market up until that point. And I think that's a huge, huge connection piece to today, to where Adidas's models have such a, a lineage to them, where they're, you're talking about soccer players. I mean, look at the Argentinian national team and, you know, just all these outdoor people, these hikers. Uh, Nadia Komenich, which she was wearing an Adidas um not onesie, but an Adidas um, 
leotard in the olympics when she scored a perfect 10 obviously again that gives it a lot of credence a huge amount of press and it just made adidas the brand that it is today in so many ways and expanding the, to the more sports in 1972 again you know with the trefoil logo they almost became synonymous with the olympics and the olympics are such a global sport and a global presence that it can't hurt can't help but make it a global brand. And I think that's where Adidas kind of set itself apart from Nike. It took Nike a long time to become that global brand. I think they were more US-based for a very, very long time, where Adidas had already established themselves in that market because of all the work that they had done, and obviously for being around longer, but the work that they had done as it related to the entirety of sports nation, I mean, across the world. But I think when you look at if there's periods of time or moments in time that really set things apart for these brands, and when you're talking about relating it to today's sneaker culture, where what do we know about sneaker culture today? It's not just athletes, it's celebrities, it's rappers, right? It's musicians, like so many types of people are into sneakers and have their own artistic uh, hands, I guess, if you will, on sneakers today. A lot of collaborators aren't just athletes anymore. While there are tons of PEs and obviously a lot of uh, a lot of athletes have their own signature shoes, there's so many more people than athletes athletes who get to design shoes. I mean, Billie Eilish just came out with some Jordans and she's not an athlete. She's a musician. So that that is something that has been established over time. But I think if you look at when it started, and this is just my opinion now, but obviously in the 1980s, you had the Jordan brand start. Obviously you had the Jordan one come out in 1985. I mistakenly said, or almost said 1984 last week, but it was, around, it was 1985. And then you had the Nike Dunk come out at the same time. Now those two shoes took different trajectories, but in 1986 is when Adidas really separated itself and became synonymous with people other than athletes. And that's when Run DMC really made the Adidas superstar something that people wanted because they would highlight them wearing these shoes during their concerts around 1986. And that's huge. Think about that today. I talked in the in the Kanye episode about the fact that all those uh, Air Yeezy samples he would wear, they became unicorns to the sneaker community. They became so sought after. I mean, even the Red October, he wore at concerts before he left Nike. And then all of a sudden that shock drop happened. And of course, everybody had to have one. But now when you project forward a little bit and you look at today's models that I think are probably some of the more popular models from Adidas, it really straddles the line between athletes and fashion. And I think that's one of the things that separates itself, at least in my mind, from Nike because I think of Nike solely, I mean, I think of their athletic brands as one thing, and I think they're synonymous with athletes, but very rarely do those two things mesh. Do you have the more athletic shoes that become something of fashion? But for Adidas, if you look at some of the more iconic silhouettes, I guess, obviously the superstar, like I mentioned, it had its run with Run DMC. And of course, they became, again, even more popular with Limp Biscuit and Fred Durst. Now, of course, mileage varies on Fred Durst, and you can say what you want about it, but those shell toes... Uh, became very, very popular. Even today, they're kind of making a little bit of a comeback. I mean, the the classic Adidas shoes do have, again, that vintage look. And I think they go in any decade. I think you can wear them at any point with updated clothing and updated fashion. And they still look good. The Stan Smiths, of course, are very, very iconic, very, very popular. They're just a good everyday shoe. That's just in my opinion. I mean, they're very close to the, the superstars in aesthetics. And that's what a lot of the old Adidas shoes look like. But still, I think that they are very, very very classic today and of course they're very popular and you can get them a lot easier today uh, the nmd is a model that is interesting because i think it came out and it was really uh, supposed to be more of an athletic shoe but i think it turned into kind of both and that's again very rarely do you see that from nike but pharrell obviously having his own collaborations of that particular shoe lends it more to the pop culture icon stuff and obviously pharrell is a huge producer he's obviously a musician and so that makes them even more popular with all the human race stuff obviously it gets more of an attention on 
helping your fellow man and woman and all that stuff. So there's many, many things that kind of make that shoe stand out in the Adidas line. The Ultra Boost is the one I think of when I think about fashion and I think about athletics. I wear Ultra Boost to run, but the Ultra Boost, especially like the 6.0, became very, very synonymous with fashion. Like people were wearing those as you know, sort of leisure, uh, leisure sort of sneakers, right? And not necessarily for athletics, but the boost in them is great technology and it obviously lends itself to being able to run a lot better, run, run more comfortably. And then you have Yeezy, of course. And Yeezy with all the, the 350s, right, really set itself apart, uh, became, I mean, Adidas became part of the hype machine in a lot of ways with that. And the Yeezy brand has continued to do that. I mean, every Yeezy sells out just about. I do think they're getting a little bit weird on the Yeezy front with some of these like knit, they call them knit runners that nobody could ever run in there basically moon boots uh some of the algae stuff but again kanye's vision is a little bit different in that he's going to more sustainability and the look of his stuff is getting to be weird again kind of like the way high fashion is i mean i find high fashion to be very very weird looking in terms of their shoes and stuff like that not all of them but some of them like if you look at some of the off-white shoes they're very very odd if you look at some of like gucci dior you know, things like that. They have a more odd look, but Kanye is kind of going for a weirder look, a more eclectic look with more sustainable materials. But Yeezy in general has really boosted the brand, in my opinion. So in the 90s or the early 90s, when the Dostler family sold all of its stock, obviously, uh, you know, Adolf and Rudolph had passed away their kids had sold their shares and adidas was kind of in a weird place and they really really took a downturn in the 90s but turned things around and i think today in today's market in order to compete with nike obviously the yeezy brand allows adidas to do that and of course there are other brands on the market and we'll touch on some of those as we go along this journey but i think adidas needed to be highlighted mainly because i think that it has such a place in this world especially with the athletic connections. I mean, obviously that's where it started and it makes its bread and butter, but today it has kept up with a lot of the fashion and the hype stuff because of the Yeezy line. And of course, celebrities putting their endorsement and stamps artistically on these shoes. And I'm thinking about Pharrell, even Sean Watherspoon, who has one of the most iconic Air Maxes ever, right? With those Air Max 97 ones that he created with the corduroy, didn't make another collaboration with Nike. And he has since come out with some Adidas uh, collaborations that have really, really looked good. He's obviously not Asics's well but he's moved on to adidas as well so it's lending its credence to that because a lot of people who liked his original collaborations are probably going to be into what he's looking to do now and again it just adds that relevancy to a brand that didn't necessarily need it but needed it to stay relevant in today's hype market and they're obviously making a ton of money but it's funny how adidas's history while you know similar to the nike dunk in a way because again it took a little bit of time for it to catch fire it also has connections with other brands that we know today Uh, there is a connection to reebok of course because reebok was huge it was a british company created and really made its money made its uh stake in the 1980s with all of the fitness movement and they were really getting into the the fitness part of it i mean i think of like 1980s jazzercise videos right or something like that and they had the leg warmers they had those high top white Reeboks. I call them cheerleading shoes, but I think you know the ones I'm talking about. And today Reebok is a part of the Adidas family. And obviously Reebok has made somewhat of a comeback because they've gotten away for the most part from like fashion and, you know, hype stuff. And they really have honed in on the athletic stuff to where they have a real stake in the market as it relates to CrossFit and things of this nature. So Reebok has obviously made a comeback and Adidas's 
um, you know, brother Rudolph created Puma. And obviously we know Puma for a lot of things and they kind of toe the line again in a similar way to Adidas uh, between fashion and athletics in a lot of ways. And Puma is again known for, for soccer stuff. So there's a lot of connection points that Adidas has to other brands that help make it one of the biggest brands in sneakers. And that's why I think Adidas and Nike are the two big brands and everybody else is kind of, you know, kind of competing in the space as it relates to hype and so forth. But there's others too. Like again, I mentioned Asics, which Asics has a lot of classic shoes, kind of similar to the Stan Smiths. They've had some collaborations with that that have, you know, kind of done really well. And of course, I think of New Balance and New Balance has really been making a comeback. And I find that fascinating. Um, and that's something to look into because a lot of creators, a lot of uh, shop owners, I think of Kith, right? Big on New Balance and have really lent uh, the credence and the hype to to New Balance to the point that it is very, very popular, even if it isn't for everybody. So to me, it was important to talk about Adidas on this journey. When looking back at what we've talked about, I was really focused on Nike. And while Nike is huge today, and they certainly have created a large space for themselves in athletics and sneakers globally, uh, Adidas is right behind them. And I think that when you look at uh, today's kind of market, it's an us versus them mentality. You're either a Nike person or you're an Adidas person. I do know a lot of people who only wear Jordan Nikes. They don't wear Yeezys. All power to you. It's your own choice. I happen to straddle the fence. I, I will wear both because I think that there are pros and cons to each brand. Some silhouettes look good on me. Some don't. And I, I wear what I like. And I think that that's the important part is to wear what you like. But now you get a little bit of a history of Adidas, uh, the brand and the company. And you can kind of see how they fit in in today's market And again, giving you a little bit more of a picture of how today's market came about and you can kind of see how things evolve to the way that they are today. So um, that's the episode for today. And we just continue on this journey. Um, Next time, you know, I think we're going to look at uh, some of the other companies. I think New Balance is very, very interesting because, again, they have carved out a space for themselves uh, in 2020 and 2021, especially headed into 2022 that has really I mean, they've they've competed. There's a lot of great New Balance uh, collaborations out there. They created some new silhouettes and new models that really, really took off. And I want to highlight some of those because I think that there are companies that are sort of percolating under the surface, but are making a name for themselves in today's market that I think are worthy of your attention. Because while Jordans are great and Yeezys are great, there's a lot of really hot footwear out there that can really up your game and make you feel just as good as some of the people who have the most hype releases from Travis Scott, from Virgil. You don't necessarily have to have those to be a sneakerhead, right? You can have anything that makes you feel good and that you can uh, sort of stylize in your fit. So that's that's really what I, I want to do uh, with all this going forward. So I appreciate everybody listening. Again, if you want to connect with me, uh, reach out in the ways that I mentioned before, uh, Instagram, Twitter, the webpage. If you want to find any of the other podcasts that we do at the Matty Ice Media Network, uh, it means the world to me to connect with people. So send me a message. Tell me what you're all about. What are some of your favorite Adidas uh, silhouettes? You know, are you somebody that wears their athletic gear? Um, you know, are you all Adidas? Let me know. Find me, connect with me, chat with me. Means a, means a lot. So before we get out of here, of course, make sure you hug your loved ones, folks. Very, very important to do that because you know what? We don't get a lot of time with them. And it's important to cherish that time and spread love, not just for sneakers, but for everything and everybody that we love in this world. Take care, everybody. I will talk to you next week. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Sneaker Love with Matty Ice are those of Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The Matty Ice Media Network does not condone the purchase or sale of any counterfeit goods. Sneaker Love with Matty Ice is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.